0: broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. presented by Tequila Embajador. You're darn right, you're in the huddle. This is Vinny Bonsignor. It's Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. It is a Friday. It's brought to you by Tequila Embajador. And uh, boy, we've got an exciting show today. Uh, I read an article this morning by the great Albert Breer over at Sports Illustrated, Monday Morning Quarterback. Blew me away, this story, for a lot of different reasons. And we're going to get into all of those reasons in just a little bit. Um, but I had to have him on after I read this article about the Raiders' new leadership, kind of affirmed a lot of the things that we're seeing, hearing. Um, and it's Nice to see that a national pair of eyes is not only just seeing things kind of the same way, but also uh, explaining them uh, as well. And so, we're going to talk to Albert Breer about the great article he had today. I think it's a cover article on, in Sports Illustrated about the Raiders, uh, about Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler and the new leadership um, staff in place here with the Raiders. And everything going all the way back to their days in New England. Prior to that, obviously, Josh McDaniels being in Denver, um, that experience and how it's kind of shaped um, his new approach here in his second chance as a head coach with the Raiders. So we're going to talk to Albert about that uh, at 530. We've also uh, got um, your calls. want your thoughts, uh, 702-365-9200. Um, just get your thoughts on where you hope the Raiders are right now, where you want them to be. Are there some areas that you want to see them bolster? Uh, I know a lot of people are still talking about the offensive line. I get it. We're gonna. There's some questions in our Q and A uh, that deal specifically with the offensive line and um, with uh, with the young right tackle as well, and why the Raiders are putting so much faith in him. We're gonna get to all that. Patrick Everson from Props.com is gonna join us in just a couple of minutes. Talk about did I not predict last night? I don't know if I did or not. Maybe it was off the air. But I felt like the Celtics were going to win that game last night. There was, it was a late feeling that I got uh, that the Celtics had a real chance to go to Golden State and win that game. And they sure did. Uh, miraculously so in how they turned it around in the fourth quarter. I know that's not that doesn't sit well with a lot of our fans who also happen to be Warriors fans. I get it. I understand. It could be a little bit of a wake-up call. Felt like maybe there was a little bit of rust. Maybe they ran out of a little bit of gas uh, in the fourth quarter after a long layoff. Uh, so we'll see if it uh, if it woke the Ra- the Warriors up and if they're back in shape and ready to go win a game two in San Francisco, which I wouldn't say is a must win, but it's pretty, pretty big, pretty big for the Warriors. You do not want to go down 0-2 and go back to Boston. You just don't want to do that. Uh, So we'll talk about all that with Patrick Everson, about the prop bets that are going on with the NBA Finals and moving ahead to college football, uh, the NFL, um, baseball. we got the hockey playoffs, so uh, you can bet on anything you want to nowadays. So uh, we'll talk to uh, Patrick Everson about all of that. Uh, again, want your uh, call seven zero two two five seven or excuse me, 702-365-9200. Let us know where your head is at with the Raiders as they literally get ready to wrap up their offseason next week with their three-day mini camp, June um, 6th th- or June 7th through the 9th. So, uh, looking forward to that as well. Before we get to everything, though, I just want to let you know. You know, there's nothing worse than living in chronic pain with little hope, and the Neuropathy and Pain Centers of Las Vegas offers genuine relief from even the most severe and persistent forms of pain. Call their office today or book an appointment online to find out how to live as pain-free a life as possible. Look, whether it's yourself, ourself, um, loved ones, colleagues, coworkers, uh, classmates, whatever the case might be, we all know somebody who's dealing with a lot of pain, and they probably think, look, you know, uh, I'm getting older or whatever the case is. Uh, I don't have enough money. Uh, I don't want to, you know, have to break the bank. There's a lot of reasons why we just kind of grin and bear it. Uh, but those days are over. There's affordable care out there uh, and great techniques to put you on a path to live a pain-free life. And you know what? We all deserve that. So please call the Neuropathy and Pain Center of Las Vegas uh, over at 702-257-7246. You deserve to live that type of life. We all deserve to live that type of life. So give them a call over at the Neurop- Neuropathy and Pain Center of Las Vegas, 702-257-7246. We're waiting uh, in just a second. We're going to be talking to Patrick Everson from Props.com. Um, but before we get to that, I want to just touch on the article that I'm talking about with um, uh, from Albert Breer. And Albert – is a Boston-based or New England-based NFL writer, one of the best in the business. Obviously, he works for Sports Illustrated, the Monday Morning Quarterback, and so he has, I'm sure, uh, a pretty, pretty, pretty good ties with Josh McDaniels and, and Dave Ziegler. Those two, um, a coach, head coach and general manager, were in New England for years, so um, I'm sure Albert Breer got to know both of them pretty well. Uh, so it sounds like. Reading the article, he came out to Las Vegas to do a story on what the heck is going on with Patriots West. Uh, All this, you know, Patriots influence that has migrated from New England to Las Vegas following Josh McDaniels um, here as as the Raiders head coach. And Dave Ziegler now is the general manager. And it's not just those two. There's assistant coaches from New England. Um, there's personnel people uh, from New England that have, that have joined uh, uh, both, both guys here, uh, Ziegler and, and McDaniels. And, you know, it's usually a pretty good sign. It's a bad sign when guys don't <laughs> uh, from one place to another. It's a really good sign when people just decide to leave really good jobs that they have elsewhere and uproot their family. And say, you know what, um, I'm going to take this journey with two people that I truly respect. People that I like, I genuinely like, too. Not only as in a football sense, but a human sense. That's how you get people to move with you and to go on a new adventure with you. And it's a good sign that so many uh, expatriates or people that worked in New England and had gone to elsewhere, or in, in uh, Champ Kelly's case, Uh, was in Denver with both Ziegler and Josh McDaniels uh, way back in the day. Uh, But they've all decided to come here to Las Vegas uh, to embark on this great adventure of Josh McDaniels um, and Dave Ziegler. And I thought Albert Breer, who wrote this brilliant article, and we're going to talk to him at 5.30 about it, really captured the essence of it. And, you know, we all know Josh McDaniels' story. 11 years ago, 12 years ago or so, He left the New England Patriots where he was a young, up-and-coming, star-in-the-making, offensive coordinator for the Patriots, multiple Super Bowl uh, championships, obviously had the ear of uh, Bill Belichick, probably, arguably, the greatest coach in NFL history, and Tom Brady, arguably the greatest quarterback in NFL history. And um, both would say, to this day, that Josh McDaniels had a huge hand in their success. It's undeniable, really. And so Josh McDaniels, this hotshot coach, offensive coach, gets you know hired by the Denver Broncos. I think he was 32, 33. I forget exact age, but it was in the early 30s. Let's put it that way. And he starts his first gig as an NFL head coach, and he did it all wrong. Um, there were so many parts about that, that he handled incorrectly. And a lot of it was taking on Way more than he should have, you know, in terms of building the team, being that guy, the quasi general manager, being the head coach, trying to kind of emulate and maybe act like his hero and mentor, Bill Belichick, and tried to you know front as 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 the second coming of him, and just trying to emulate every single thing that Brian, that Bill Belichick did, acted, said the demeanor, the whole thing, the whole nine yards. Why wouldn't you when you think about it, especially at that young of an age where you're really impressionable and you might not, when you peel back the onion as much as uh, we sometimes do, you might not really be as confident as you think you are at that age. So I always use this term, faking it till you make it, or just trying to overcompensate for what you really know deep inside is kind of the case. And so, you know, I think Josh McC- and to his credit, he acknowledges that now he handled things wrongly in denver. um but it happened, and it led to his demise there. I think he lasted less than two years or somewhere along that line. It wasn't it certainly didn't work out. Let's put it that way. And he was humbled and um I'm sure, embarrassed, you know, uh, who wouldn't be? you know, but but he he turned. The loss, the frustration, the disappointment, the embarrassment, all of that, the defeat into power. Like, okay, and he used it in a powerful way to decide to look at himself and make the necessary adjustments. And uh, that's exactly what he did. And Albert Breer was able to really capture that and then also Dave Ziegler's journey in a brilliant article. And we're going to talk to uh, Albert about that at 530. But before we get to that... We're going to go out to the Raider Nation Radio guest line. Welcome in our good friend, Patrick Patrick Everson from props.com. Patrick, how are you doing, my friend?
1: On this Friday afternoon to wrap up the work
0: week. Are we wrapping up the work week, Patrick, or are we just kind of starting it? I mean, the weekend is, it's just got a bevy of events that are coming up. So, uh, you know, for most people, yes, uh, it's wrapping up, but for people like us and yourself, Kind of just getting started, and what excites Patrick Everson as he looks ahead to these next couple of days?
1: Well, I think first and foremost is the NBA Finals Game Two, no question. That's uh, and and to your point, you you and I know, man, the sports journalism racket is not one where nights, weekends, and holidays are to be taken for granted. You're pretty much you're on the clock all the way through. <laughs> so uh, I totally get it. Um, no, the, Sunday's Game Two. Of the NBA Finals definitely piques my interest, and it's I think what's what's kind of been most interesting about it. I'll let you take this wherever you want to go with it, but just uh, in, in some in in some early observations from some early notes that I've gotten today from some of the sports books, both here in in, in beautiful Las Vegas and from some of the sports books in other uh, jurisdictions around the country, is that people are not backing off the Warriors for Game Two.
0: Yeah, and I don't think they should, uh, especially kind of you know when you analyze what happened. Yesterday and how the Celtics had to make a miraculous, historical, really comeback in the fourth quarter to do what they did. Um, but I got to ask you something really quick. All right, um, before we sure. get to game two, I want to I want to go back to yesterday, uh, mm-hmm. game one. And as I was leaving um, the studio, uh, Patrick, I had like this overwhelming sensation of I think the Celtics are going to win tonight. Now I'm not. I I'm going to admit be up right up front. I, I'm not a big gambler, so. Sure. Um, but i for a second or two i thought man i should i should i should roll with this instinct now tell me if i am right or wrong warn me or push me in the right direction when i get that feeling again is that a real thing and should i follow it or do you, or are you like no 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 don't do that do not bet based on that
1: look i wouldn't say yes or no to that but <laughs> you certainly had a good instinct yesterday i mean look a lot of people felt that the warriors were the play from early, obviously, having home court, having the recent championship pedigree, obviously, the Boston Celtics have a historical championship pedigree, pedigree matched only by the Los Angeles Lakers. But recent recency plays certainly to Golden State. Uh, the, you know, the number of, of key players, seemingly the number of key players, would seem to lean toward Golden State, and the public was certainly on Golden State for this game. So it certainly would have been the right way to go. Now that said, um, you know it would have been while it might have while it may have been a great move yesterday. If you get this instinct on Sunday, I would probably dodge it <laughs> 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 because I do think there's going to be some zigzag here, which is often the case in NBA playoffs. There's there's it, it it has a tendency to have this zigzag thing going on from game to game, even though you know for the first two games, Golden State's at home, and the second two. Boston's at home. I mean, you really saw it play out in the uh, in the Celtics Heat story uh, series. There was a bunch of zigzag, you know, team one team wins, next game next team wins, and back and forth and back and forth. So I I think we're going to see that Sunday. And, and to your point, I'm not surprised that uh, you know it looks like the early activities coming in on. Uh, on the Warriors, I, it would have been awesome if you played it yesterday. I wish I'd had that. I know, I, I know. Played it, kicking myself,
0: <laughs> kicking myself right now. All right, should the Warriors be um, extra wary that they lost with Jason Jason Tatum um, being held to twelve points or only scoring twelve points? And should the Celtics not be too um, confident because they were able to win with Jason Tatum, their their leading scorer, only scoring twelve points?
1: I think, to the first question, I don't know if the, if the Warriors need to be too much more wary. They certainly need to know that, that Tatum's going to want to have more of an impact on game two. But Tatum had 13 assists, so he had a double-double. So uh, I, I, I don't think they'll necessarily be wary. He, he, he impacted the game in a lot of ways. He just only he only put up a dozen points. Uh, on the flip side of that, I do think Boston does need to guard against this a little bit. I'm sure they would, you know, if you told them before game one, hey, you're going to come home tied at one, they would have taken that probably. But, you know, now that you're up 1-0, uh, you, know, you have a chance to, it may not happen, and I don't think it will happen personally. I think Golden State's going to be, uh, you know, armed for bear on, sa- on Sunday. But you've got this chance to, to go up 2-0, which would really be, uh, you know, uh, a thorn in Golden State side, and really have Boston in the catbird seat here. So I, I think Boston can't read too much into it. They took a a big comeback and a just a ridiculous fourth quarter, hitting everything they were throwing up in the air from three point range. Um, you know you can't expect that to happen again on Sunday any more than the Warriors can expect Tatum to only score twelve
0: points. Well, if you're the Golden State Warriors, do you defend Jason Tatum the same exact way, thinking that there's no way? His cohorts hit the shots they did that they do, and just take your chances. That we defended them well. It's just that other guys that we didn't think we're going to hit those open shots hit them, and roll with um, you know the, the percentages that they're not going to have that kind of a game again.
1: I certainly think now. Look, I I can't speak to you know Steve Kerr's philosophy and 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 how Steph Curry and and Drayvon Green and Klay Thompson and others feel, but I certainly think you'd rather take your chances with. Somebody other than Tatum, you know, smart, etc., knocking down threes like crazy. Horford, what did Horford go six for eight from three point yeah, range? Is exactly. that right? I mean, I feel like you'll take your chances on that rather than to let rather than have Tatum completely go off on you. And I feel like Boston plays it that way, and, and most teams probably play it that way when they're going against Golden State. They're like, you know what? We'll take our thirty points of medicine from Steph Curry as long as we don't get, you know, beat by any of these other guys, we'll be fine. We'll let them just and go. And to their point, Curry had 34 points last night, and the Warriors lost. Um, but, it, again, a very unique situation with the way that fourth quarter unfolded. They were just on fire, 40 points in an NBA playoffs fourth quarter. That's that's something else.
2: Yeah, Patrick, when it comes to the MVP odds, you had Al Horford. He had a big game one. Jalen yep. Brown also had a big game. Jason Tatum, I feel like when, the, when it comes to MVP for the finals, it's scoring is. I know he had the twelve assists, but scoring is a big factor. So, mm-hmm. do, what are the odds looking like now for Al Horford and Jalen Brown in the MVP voting?
1: Right, these moved up a ton. This and this was fascinating. I, I. This is the thing we really missed out on, Vinny. We could have been. On, we could have been on, on uh, Al Horford at a hundred to one yesterday afternoon at this time. He is now sixteen to one. You know, to your guys' points about the scoring, he went out and had 26 points, had a really good game, knocked down a bunch of three pointers, and the Celtics get out on the road with a game one win. So he went from 100 to one all the way into 16 to one. Now look, and and then Tatum, uh, you know, uh, moved up to he's the favorite now. He's the plus 140 favorite. Steph Curry is right behind him at plus 180. But those roles were flipped going into game one. Steph Curry was uh, was a little bit of a favorite, and Tatum was right behind him. So. I mean, the main reason it flipped. Tatum is the star for the Celtics, even though he didn't have a big game one. But, again, to your guys' point, Horford made a huge move up the, up the odds board, and if he somehow continues to play this way, boy, kudos to anybody who got on him before game one because they are sitting pretty right now.
2: And was there any movement with Jalen Brown? Because, for me, I think that if he keeps scoring, he can steal it away from Tatum if the Celtics do win this finals.
1: Right, I love that point, and I'm glad you brought it up because actually, at the beginning of the playoffs, Jalen Brown was depending on your book, but I'm I'm going off my piece that's currently up on props.com on NBA Finals MVP, and Jalen Brown opened twenty-five to one, so which is a great price. I mean, bet ten bucks to win two hundred and fifty. That's you know to put it in layman's terms, and that's a that's a great return on investment, if you will. He's now five to one, and he's the third choice on the board. Now, look, you've lost all this. If you bet that, you've lost all this value that you could have had on Jalen Brown if you'd bet him sooner, just in the same way where if you would have bet Horford yesterday instead of today. However, you're still getting 5-1, to one, and you might like that better than, than just the slim plus 180 on Curry or the even slimmer plus 140 on Jason Tatum. At least you get a little more bang for your buck out of Jalen Brown if you think he keeps it up.
0: I uh, hear and agree with what, everything you guys are saying, but I'm going to tell you guys for this right now. There's no way the Boston Celtics win this series <laughs> without Jason Tatum having an MVP series. He's going to have to do it all. There's going to be nights where he's going to have to score 36 for them to win. Last night, he dished out 13 assists for them to win. So I think when it all gets added up, and there might be different guys, Brown uh, on a night, Horford on a night, you know, there's some other guys there, but for the Celtics, and, and they they're going to need other guys to step up but for them to win this series Tatum has to be the MVP he has to lead the way all right so if we're looking at it from a warriors perspective um, what are some interesting prop bets that um, are 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 on that side uh, of the coin as we head into game 2
1: well i guess you know, stepping away doing a 30,000 foot view first i'll do yes. you, vinny and that is that obviously going into game 1 the warriors were favored to win the NBA championship Boston winning flipped that immediately. Wow. The Warriors weren't a big, and the, and Boston is now not a big favorite, but they are the favorite to now win the series because of stealing, you know, by way of stealing home court advantage. If the Warriors win game two, it may well flip back, even though Boston still has home court advantage. Um, I think what's you know potentially interesting there, and um, uh, and your partner there just brought it up. You know, I think the MVP prop is interesting. Um, I think. It might be – Steph Curry was named – somebody brought this up last week. Uh, Steph Curry was named Western Conference MVP, which there was one analyst I was speaking with who thought, you know what? He got his MVP. What he really wants is another championship trophy. I'm going to look at some of the other Warriors who are a little further down the odds board that have a little better payout. You know, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins. I don't think Draymond Green's going to get there, but I think Wiggins is somebody who potentially could. And if Jordan Poole jumps up and has a couple of big games in a row – as we saw with Horford, these odds are very, very fluid. So you might want to take a look at that if you still think the Warriors are going to come back, or if you think uh, you know that, that, that the uh, Celtics are going to win, then maybe and go beyond Tatum and go to Smart or somebody like that. But there is some value to be had on the Warriors there. And even if you like Curry, look, you know if if they get back and win Game Two then the Warriors' odds to win the championship are going to be shorter. You won't make as much betting that as you would if you bet Curry to win MVP. So it's kind of a – you look at that strategy. If you think the Warriors are going to win, well, maybe bet Curry to win MVP and get a better price after game two. You won't get that right now. Right now, Curry's price is worse than the Warriors after, that, uh, after they lost game one.
2: All right, Patrick, I was hanging out with a couple of friends yesterday, and they betted on the Warriors. You know, they went big. they went big on the Warriors winning game one but I want to tell them to keep the faith alive. If you think the Warriors are going to win the series, what are the odds looking like now if you want to place a bet for the Warriors to win the NBA championship?
1: Right. Well, you're going to do better here, which is going into game one, it was if you wanted to just bet the series price, Golden State is going to win four games first. Then you were looking at probably minus minus one sixty, 170. Again, it varies a little bit from book to book to book, but it was a minus price, minus 160. Uh, It was probably a range. Which means you got to bet sixteen bucks to win ten. Well, now the Warriors are the underdog; they're plus one forty. So, if you feel like Golden State's going to bounce back Sunday and then go on to win this series, I'd say get on board right now. Get the plus money right now. I'm looking at MGM right now, plus one forty, which is four, which is bet ten to make fourteen, which is a lot better than betting sixteen to make ten. So. Yeah, if you feel good about the Warriors winning the series, I'd jump on now because uh, I don't think that price is going to get better. I think the Warriors, to Vinny's point, they're going to be ready Sunday, and, and they're going to be awfully tough to beat in the seven-game series.
0: We shall see. I cannot wait for game two on Sunday. Uh, Patrick Everson from Props.com, thank you so much uh, for spending some time with us in the huddle. Enjoy, enjoy the games, and we'll talk to you down the road, my friend.
1: Sounds great. Thanks to both of you for having me on, and have a wonderful weekend.
0: All right, you got it. That's Patrick Everson from Props.com. You know, uh, as Damon was mentioning, uh, if you're if you're truly b- a believer in, in the Warriors, now is probably the best time to bet them right now uh, because the, the odds went in a different direction for them. So jump on it now. Uh, expect them to not have a collapse in the fourth quarter. They should have won Game One. Let's face it; it was a miraculous uh, uh, comeback, a historical comeback um, to to flip that game. That's probably not going to happen again. So uh, if you're if you feel strongly about the Warriors, go do it right now because this is the best odds you're going to get for them to win the NBA championships at this point. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Friday. Interact with the show, text Vinny at 69187, or tweet at him at Vinnie Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Yep, come on. Here's the mail, it never fails, it makes me wanna wag my tail, when it comes I wanna wail. Oh, and we got some good questions for you guys today thank you to all, all our great listeners and readers of the Review Journal who take part each week uh, in the weekly Raiders mailbag um, by the way you can go check it out in its print form or digitally if you want to do it that way over at Vegas Nation or VegasNation.com got all the answers for you but because I do this mailbag every week and I put the question out on Twitter and you guys come up with some tremendous questions and a whole bunch of them I can't get to all of them in a newspaper we've got lengths and inches that we got to deal with so because of that thankfully i could also answer a whole bunch of these questions on raider nation radio so that is what we are going to do right now damon cotton the great producer mail deliverer. i mean he he delivers on time all
2: the time damon cotton take it away
0: please with this week's
2: mailbag all right Vinny. first off we're going to start with kenny Naza. i hope i'm pronouncing that right and that's at underscore Kenny Nauta, N-A-U-T-A. Who do you see as our team captains besides Kara heading to this upcoming season?
0: Uh, That's a great question. And uh, I think what's going on right now and what has been going on over at the facility in Henderson will have a big say uh, if they put the uh, captainships up to a vote, which they normally do. They did that under John Gruden. I'm assuming that's going to happen. if by the end of training camp they put it up to a vote, a lot of what's going on right now and who's leading the way will have a big say in, in how players cast their ballots. But if I were to answer that right now, uh, definitely Derek uh, Carr is going to be one of the um, is going to be one of the captains. I would say Max Crosby, I would say Chandler Jones. I think Max and Unique and Gakway were two of the uh, captains last year. Uh, I think Colton Miller uh, will be a captain. I think that Devontae Adams and Darren Waller. I know Waller was a, was a captain last year. So uh, I'm going to go. That's that's where I'm going to go. Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, Colton Miller, Max Crosby, uh, Chandler Jones, and let's throw a special teams guy on there, uh, A.J.
2: Cole. Boom. Cool. There we go. This is from Roger Allen Jr. At... J underscore Remy boy with an I on Twitter. What's the word on Zamir White and how's he looking or producing as a rookie? Well,
0: it's hard to predict or say how he's producing. um, You know, because they haven't actually started playing games, but it looks like uh, he's carrying himself uh, confidently. Uh, He's. It looks like he's fitting right in. Um, There hasn't. It's hard to. I, I will say this: Everybody that's been running the ball, and including the offensive line, there's been a physical element to this Raiders run game early on, uh, and I, and I think that he and the other running backs that have been out there, and it hasn't been the whole crew, uh, but um, have been running with a lot of purpose, and I think there's been blocking with a lot of purpose. I get it; it's only OTAs, and they're in shorts and shoulder pads and, and helmets, so it's not you know full bore. But there is an intent, a serious intent. It's almost an angry intent with how the Raiders are running the game or, or, or laying the foundation of their run game, uh, and he definitely fits right in. And I think there's a, the future is bright for him. We don't know what's going to happen with Kenyon Drake. Uh, he's at the in the last year of his contract. Josh Jacobs, his fifth-year option wasn't picked up. So there's an opportunity moving forward if both of those players move on at the end of their contracts for Zamir to be the heir apparent.
2: All right, it's funny that you mention uh, Kenyon Drake here because here's something that I haven't even heard thrown out there. This is from Chirp Back Bud. Is Kenyon Drake a cut candidate with his contract and the additions of Bolden, White, and Brown? Uh, I don't think he's a cut candidate. Uh,
0: the, the Raiders are invested in uh, in, in Kenyon. Uh, they, they've paid him a lot of money, um, and, and a lot of it has already been paid. So there's really no financial benefit at this point. Uh, to, uh, to to cutting him or and the, the cap savings is 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 kind of yeah you know it's it's not major or anything like that. I think if I'm the Raiders, I'm holding either holding on to him and getting you know uh, a return on the investment in his contract because the dude can definitely play and if he's healthy and he was playing pretty well until he got hurt last year, I think he is worth more to the Raiders on the team than off the team. Obviously, however. Because that running back room is so deep, especially with the two rookies now on board and the additions that they made in free agency and Josh Jacobs, maybe a trade. Uh, You know, if the Raiders are looking outside of their building or first looking inward and saying, "Okay, what area of this team do we need to bolster at this point? And if there is a position that they feel strongly about that needs some bolstering and what they want to bolster it with isn't on the free agent market but might be on the trade market, well, then in that case, you're either going to have to give up a draft pick or look to an area of strength on your own roster and say, okay, running backs of strength, we have more than we need right now. So maybe uh, Kenyon becomes a trade asset to go uh, look at another team, find another team that has a strength, and match up in a trade. So rather than cut him, which I don't think is going to happen, uh, I, th- I actually think he stays on the team. But uh, but I I wouldn't rule out being a trade candidate, not a cut
2: candidate. Okay, this next one's going to be from at Lake Show the number four life the number nine. Who are the raider Who are the Raiders targeting with their cap space rising? Okay. We're going to have to explain
0: this one more time, DeMond. People want to know, Vinny. Yes.
2: I don't care how many cap times you explain it. Cap space
0: doesn't mean cash, okay? You, we, there's The Raiders are now $25 million under the cap, under the salary cap. But that's like it's a paper thing, all right? What counts, what's really important is do they have $25 million in cash left in the budget? And I would say no, they don't. Every team has a budget, the Raiders included. The Raiders are spending a whole bunch of cash right now heading into the 2022 season. Um, So you can't look at that, oh, they've got $25 million in cap space. That means they're going to go spend $25 million, whether it's on one player or uh, additional players, all of that. Uh, That's not how it works having said that you can always go to the owner and, and you know every team has this you know um ability to to say to make a compelling case like hey we need to do this and this is what it's going to cost and i know it probably puts us a couple million dollars over the budget but it's really important that we do this so if dave ziegler and josh mcdaniels feel strongly that something needs to be done in a certain position they could go to mark davis and explain themselves all right Um, but even if that is the case, it's not going to be, don't expect the Raiders to spend $25 million in that, or eat up all that cap space by going out and spending $25 million. Uh, all of that said, if there is an area of the team that I think could use some bolstering and might get bolstered, it would be the offensive line.
2: It would be linebacker and the secondary. All right, Vinny. So what I just heard, okay. Okay. Is that the Raiders can sign Daryl Williams, OBJ, and Dominique and uh, maybe Janoris Jenkins as well? They can get all four of them with that twenty million, right? I love how you read <laughs> uh,
0: uh, into that, uh, Damon and yeah, they um, the space. Hey man, it's 20, right, exactly. it's twenty million, bro. Come on, exactly. Uh, and, I, and I'll also say this: uh, I've been I've been uh, warned about this so many times by so many different people. You build football teams, you don't build. Uh, football card collections. And I know we get caught up in the names and it's easy to do that, but just because there's a name behind a player doesn't mean they actually offer a better option than what's already on, uh, the roster. And I have a feeling we're going to answer that question a little bit more, uh, down the road, but, um, but don't get just infatuated with names. Uh, There's a lot of people, Champ Kelly, Dave Ziegler, the pro pro personnel staff uh, that's looking outside this building and have a good understanding not only of what's outside the building, but relative compared to what they have in the building. And they have a pretty good idea of what's available and whether what's available is an upgrade over what they already have. And I'm not saying they're completely right in all of their decisions, but at some point Raider Nation is going to have to trust that their evaluation, that what they have in the building, is better than what is out there that's available. You're just going to have to trust that they're making the
2: right decision. All right, this is from Tuskeye. What's the biggest difference between oTAs this year versus last year? Well, there's a lot of new players, that's for
0: sure. um I think the physicality Damon, uh and what was his what was his name Tuwski Towski toski uh, there's a physical element thus far uh watching these Raiders, and I think it's intentional and I think it's something that they want to hang their hats on. Uh, I know Carmen Brasillo yesterday talked about what are you talking about um tough, smart Play your best football when it counts. I think that's those are the three things. That was for the offensive line, but I think those are three things that across the board is what the Raiders really want to hang their hat on. Playing your best football when it counts, we're not going to know that until when it counts comes along. All right. Right now we're just in OTAs. But I would say that the toughness, the physicality part of that, uh, those characteristics, I think that's being implemented right now. And it's. it's been prevalent, and it's been noticeable, I should say, uh, in OTA. So if I was to make a difference, and that's not to take anything away from previous. You know, the John Gruden and his offense, they had a way of doing things, um, whereas I think this offense is going to have its own way, and I think physicality, being tough, uh, imposing your will when it needs to be imposed is something that they're trying to build right now, and we'll see if they construct it by the time when it really counts comes along.
2: All right, this is from Jose Arvello on Twitter, what front has been making its appearance mainly at OTAs? 4-3, 3-4, or some other type of front? Pretty much all of the above.
0: It hasn't been one or the other so far, and I think that uh, it's important to keep that in mind because I think you're going to see a lot of different things. And Patrick Graham and Josh McDaniels, they've stressed this so many times so many so much of what they're going to do is also predicated on who they're playing and the ability to be able to match up to the offense that they're playing and be able schematically to match up and formationally match up in a way that takes away the offense's strengths. That's what you're trying to do. And sometimes that means having to play a 3-4. Sometimes it it means having to play a 52, a 43, an 89, whatever the case might be. You're going to have to do a whole bunch of different things Uh, In order to, on a week-to-week basis, heck, sometimes on a series-to-series basis, match up in a way that gives you a favorable advantage. So, yes, you're going to see a lot of 3-4, but you're going to see a whole bunch of other stuff. Especially nowadays, where football is so much of sub-package, not base-package. So, uh, when you're in second down, when you're in passing situations, you're going to see a bunch of different looks. Um, But, again... We're going to have, and right now it's been pretty equal, so we're going to have to see when it gets into games if those words that they are articulating uh, come to fruition during games.
2: All right, this next one's from at Derek Carr's hair. Tell us about the product you're using, maybe. Um, (laughs) Still recovering from the whole cut-of-his-jib discussion. I digress. (laughs) Vinny, I think the Broncos have the 2011 Eagles Dream Team vibe. What are your thoughts? And the Eagles, 2011, right? This is when they had Michael Vick. This is when you remember when Vince Young said, hey, it it feels like a dream team. It went to hell
0: in a handbasket.
2: You should never, when the backup quarterback says it feels like a dream team, nobody should have took the quote seriously. I remember, uh, to to digress, but it's the same exact
0: situation. Uh, Brett Saberhagen, one of the great all-time pitchers in the Major League Baseball, told me he went from the Kansas City Royals, to the uh, New York Mets, and he's like, you know, there's Eddie Murray at first base, you know, there's Willie Randolph at second base, there's this guy, that guy, there's me, and he goes, I'm thinking we're going to win 106 games, man. It's guaranteed. We sucked that year, <laughs> you know, and it's exactly, it's like, it's it's my whole point that I alluded to just a little while ago. You build teams, not Collect football cards, and I know names are super uh, sexy, and they catch our attention, and all those good things. But so much of this is about a chemistry. B, where are you really? Are you still that good? Was Eddie Murray as good as he was when he was in Baltimore and then Los Angeles? No, you know. So you have to you have to be wary of that. It's not just names. It's talent. It's where you are. Uh, how much you still have left in the tank. Uh, do you still really want to do this at a high level and pay whatever price is necessary to do it at a high level? Is there chemistry? Are you a me-me guy? Are you fitting in? Um, all of those things play into what a team is going to look like and how uh, far a team can go. So, um, yeah, it could be. I don't mm, – the, the, I think the Broncos are a little bit different than, than the Eagles. And I, I, I really like Russell Wilson, and I think he's going to bring a lot to the table. But – you know, I'm not convinced everywhere else on that team is as talented as the Raiders or the Chargers uh, or or the Chiefs.
2: All right, this next one's from Junior Evans. Who is your choice to replace Musburger?
0: <sighs> that's that's probably out of my uh wheelhouse. Um I don't know. I'd have to look at um it, first of all, uh tip of the cap to Brett Musburger, uh just a uh, an idol of mine. I mean, I grew up Watching him going all the way back to NFL today and the, the first real live pregame show, which so many people have mimicked over the years. And, and Brent and that crew started that whole thing. Uh, and he was obviously so good with the Raiders jackpot, baby. Uh, those and it was honestly an honor, an honor. And I say that and I don't exaggerate when I would pass him in the hallways over at the press in the press box uh say hi to him and and him acknowledge me those are still great moments uh that I never ever take for granted so uh Brent Musburger wherever your journey takes you good luck uh and we're all rooting for you and thank for thank you for for all the memories uh here with the Raiders but in terms of his replacement I really I do, I don't know do you have a demand anybody
2: that you uh, mentioned Jason Fitz and I was like oh that'd be that'd be nice has, like he done play, has he done, yes, he's done a little play-by-play play before, you know, over at ESPN. So, right. hey, I, I wouldn't this. Right. I like okay. this. All
0: right. I, I hear you. I think it's going to be um, – I knowing the Raiders, uh, they take that position pretty darn seriously. Obviously, they went out and got Brent Musburger. So, I, I would think that it's going to be – I'm wondering if they go big name and who that might be or young upstart. So, we'll see. All right. My mama said, what's the first D-line group? Hard, right? Well, guys haven't been out there, too. There's been a couple of veterans that have. If, if it's a 3-4, Max Crosby, Jonathan Hankins, and uh, Bilal Nichols with uh, Chandler Jones being the up, upright uh, outside linebacker is probably how I would go with it in that, in that base
2: 3-4. All right, from Sergio. Are Waller and Renfro getting extended?
0: Yes, they will both get extended. I think Hunter is first in line, and if I were to guess, I think that's going to happen either before training camp or during training camp. And that does it for this week's mailbag. Thank you so much to everyone who reads the work over at the Review Journal in Vegas Nation, everyone who listens to Raider Nation Radio, everybody who participates in the in the great mailbag that we do. It's one of my favorite things. It's one of the most read stories that I do each week, and that's a credit to all of you that are asking the questions and then reading the answers to them. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Bahadur, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on a Friday. Interact with the show, text Vinny at 69187, or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Our thanks again to all of uh, the readers and listeners who participated uh, in this week's mailbag. Great questions. Those we could get to uh, to even more of them, uh, but you guys do such a great job of uh, of asking those questions uh, and there's so many of them uh, that we that we just can't get to all of them. But uh, we'll try to uh, get to as many as we can uh, as as we move forward. By the way, um, you know what time it is, right? It's time for you to buy or sell the home of your dream. And it's just, it's, it's sitting right there for you. It's right there, sitting right there in front of you whether it's the house of your dreams or to cash in uh, and, and sell a house and then go buy another house of your dreams, whatever it is that uh, you're, you're thinking about doing or getting set to do. And it can be daunting. I completely understand that, especially now with uh, how hectic and crazy, really, the real estate market uh, is. But if you are thinking about um, or moving forward with trying to buy uh, or sell uh, your home, The Realty One Group here in Las Vegas wants to be part of your story, not just part of your story, but it wants to drive your story. You'll need a hardworking real estate professional to get whatever your objective is done and done at a high level. And that's what the Realty One Group here in Las Vegas offers. They know the market, they know the neighborhoods, they know the transactions and they know they've got this covered for you. Realty One Group was founded in Las Vegas. And it's been their home for more than 11 years. In that time, in that time, they've been opening doors for their clients and opening doors for other real estate professionals to live better lives. They are also extremely proud to give back to the Las Vegas community, donating their time and resources to make a real impact. So whether you're selling or buying, Give the Realty One Group a call today at 888 461 0101. That's 488 461 0101. Call the Realty One Group today. Um, So, oh, Damon Cotton, I know you had something important to say. What we got? What do
2: we got? We got some text in, Vinny. All All right. All right. I love it. This is from Jason in Maryland. Yes. Sorry, Vinny. Don't be a Golden State apologist. The Warriors was giving dudes wide-open threes because they was moving the ball. Golden State should be worried. Boston can match up with them at every position. They're bigger and younger. Golden State should be worried. I agree that they should be worried, which is why I exited the building yesterday here at the Finley
0: Cadillac Performance Studio
2: thinking that the Boston Celtics were going to win for those exact same reasons.
0: Thank you. Go ahead, Devon.
2: And then we've got another text from the 408. They restructured Drake's contract, eight million in dead money in twenty twenty two. Yes, exactly. So there's no,
0: yeah. Uh, they've that's my whole point. They've put a lot of money into him now, um, and so I don't think that. Unless you're going to trade them and get something that you actually need that, uh, you know, uh, to fill a hole or to bolster a position, you can still look at it, you know, the way you wrap your head around it is, all right, we're using that money to go fix another area or something along those lines. But the bottom line is, one way or another, um, I don't think that they cut them uh, because I think they've put money into them and want – a return. And I think that Kenyon Drake is capable of giving him that return. I'm curious to see how he fits uh, in this offense with his ability to run the ball, his ability to line up as a wide receiver, go in the slot. Uh, catch it out of the backfield, run it. Um, You've got a creative head coach now in Josh McDaniels. Uh, Not that John Gruden wasn't, but you've got a different creativity uh, at the head coach level in in the offensive mind in Josh uh, McDaniels. So maybe he's got some things up his sleeves in a way that really uh, accentuates what Kenyon Drake uh, brings to the table. However, again, I don't see him cutting him because I don't think that you just walk away from that just because for whatever – I think if if, if 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 you don't feel like um, he's a, a great fit here and there are other areas of your team that you need to bolster, then use dip into an area of strength and use that strength to go fix a weakness. Um, that's, to me, the only way he's not on this team. Otherwise, I think that Kenyon Drake is a uh, a full-fledged Raiders this year, and if he stays healthy, he has a chance to really help this team. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Raider Nation Radio 920 a.m. on a Friday. Hey guys, it's your boy Vinny B from Raider Nation Radio in the huddle. Guys, I've been talking for months now about TAT, an affordable quality CBD cigarette. Well, good news: all TAT products are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. That's right. TAT products, all of them, are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas.